podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to episode 34 of the Dishonomics podcast. Another shout out to the people who've listened to the previous episode, which was about interest rates. All of us need to know what's going on with interest rates because we all probably have bank accounts or loans or investments you want to make in the future. So check that out. Quick 13 minutes on SoundCloud as well as Apple Podcasts. But as I said, this is episode 34. Most of you should have heard the news with regards to Lewis Hamilton and the Queen and the tax evasion, dodging and tax havens and all this type of stuff. So I thought, why not share some information on what tax havens are and how they work? Firstly, what is a tax haven? A tax haven is where the domestic country offers foreign businesses and or individuals minimal tax liabilities. These tend to be relatively stable nations, politically and economically, so you can rely on the political and economic climate to stay quite similar across a period of time, so you know your money is kind of safe in these areas. In the inner tax haven, financial information isn't shared with other tax authorities. So let's say it's country X tax haven, they won't share their ta- financial information with country A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. So that is a tax haven. As you know, haven is defined as a place of safety or refuge. Tax haven, so that's kind of a way, basically a place where you could put your money and it's kind of safe away from the tax man. A fundamental advantage of a tax haven is you don't actually have to live or operate there to benefit from the local tax policies. So if you are a British worker or you have a business in Britain or the United States of America, you can have offshore accounts in Panama. You don't have to live in Panama. You don't have to operate your business from Panama, but you can still benefit from those tax policies. So that's one of the main benefits of having a tax haven and how it's accessible to all types of people. So, tax haven. Who actually benefits? So, let's. I'm going to look at three stakeholders. The domestic nation... So the place where the tax, so the country, the actual tax haven country, the individuals slash businesses that utilize them, and the foreign countries, so where the individuals or the business actually originally come from. So the host nation, they're eating, they're doing ER because they now have an influx of capital, so money, coming into their banks and their financial institutions. So if you have like in the in the um, for example, you got. Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Google, all these people, all the people, all these businesses, if they have their money in, let's say, Panama or Andorra or Liechtenstein, for example, all those billions of pounds or dollars or euros or whatever currency you want to use, it's coming into those banks and those financial institutions. And that can help them boost and maintain a solid financial industry, which obviously benefits the company, benefits the host nation. Now... If we look at the individuals and the businesses that utilise tax havens, they benefit. They make they make savings through tax. Tax in these places could be as low as 0% or like single digit percentages, so like 3%, 4%, 5%. And a bit later I'll explain how this kind of works. So 
the individuals or the businesses utilizing the tax savings, they benefit because they're saving cash money on tax. Now, the real loser is the foreign nation. So where the individual or the businesses actually reside and operate in. So let's say it's the UK or France or the US. They're losing out on billions of pounds and dollars in corporation tax because people are cleverly, in my opinion, putting their money in tax havens. So they're losing out on tax receipts which they could use to fulfil their policies and reinvest into the economy or just utilise money uselessly as they governments tend to do it from time to time. So that's kind of an example, that's kind of a quick breakdown on how there's different advantages and disadvantages depending if you're the domestic stakeholder, the the individual business itself using a tax haven or with a foreign country where the business is or the individuals come from. Now, in terms of examples, like I already mentioned briefly, Lewis Hamilton and Queen, who have been discussed with relation to these. I'm not sure many of you remember, like, last year, it was either early this year or last year, the Panama Papers got released where David Cameron was in a hot seat because um, his family had ties in Panama to some trusts, and which I won't explain in a bit. There's several tax haven nations in the world. I'll name a few that you may have heard of. Bermuda, the Cayman Islands, Hong Kong, Isle of Man, Monaco, Panama, if you should watch Prison Break, and the Bahamas, for example. Uh, one nation, Cyprus, used to be a tax haven, but they got caught slipping in 2013. Basically, Cyprus has been in a bad economic state for a while, and they need a $12 billion bailout, or 11.8 or something like that. A bailout is like basically... Okay, by country, our bank account's looking bleak. Please, please give us some change so we can operate and stay afloat. To the IMF, International Monetary Fund, and the ECB, European Central Bank, which is not, which is an example of a central bank. I explained what central banks are, and our own central bank, the Bank of England, on my previous podcast, interest rates. So check that out. But anyway, so between the IMF and the ECB, they said, listen. We're happy to run you man the P. If you you don't need the money, we'll run it to you. However, you have to be complicit in what we demand in tax reporting. So this is a way they managed to shut down one tax haven. So now they've upped the taxes in terms of corporation tax and Cyprus. They've upped it from their previous levels. And they've joined a program as of this year where you have to share financial information regarding tax. It's exchanged between the group. So it's automatic. So whether it relates to investments, royalties, income, whatever, have you may, this data is automatically shared. So that's one example of how a tax haven got locked off. Now, I mentioned briefly trust. So I want, I want to give a bit of information how some of these offshore accounts can operate. So a trust is when you put your assets in trust to be managed by independent third parties for your benefit. So let's say, for example, I've got um, I've got some cash. I'm in Panama. I open up a trust for some people to manage on my behalf for my benefit, whether it be long-term, short-term, or medium-term. Income can be, in fact, be paid up by these third parties, yeah, to the beneficiaries, so the person who opened a trust and however many people are involved with that. The income can be paid regularly, like let's say every month or whatnot, or more sporadically. However, this income, of course, becomes taxable. But whilst the money is in 
and the assets are in a trust, they don't suffer from capital gains tax like they do here. And the income that you make on investments are not taxable. So that's the benefits of why we saw David Cameron's family have a trust set up before, which got leaked in the Panama Papers. And another advantage in terms of tax savings for trust is there's no inheritance tax on it either. So you do save a lot of money on these um, on these initiatives. The trustees, so the third party, um, independent third party, they, they tend to be local law firms and local accountancy companies. So when you saw the Panama Papers leaked, quite a lot of the transcripts were from the law firms involved. In terms of the impacts of um, tax havens, according to an economist, I forgot his name, I should have wrote it down, that's my L, he estimates approximately $7.6 trillion. So $7,600 billion <laughs> are held offshore. 8% of global wealth. The people, as I always say, the people of money are smart, B. They'll react to whatever rules and regulations of the land to protect their money because they're protecting their best interests. So imagine that $7.6 trillion are held in offshore accounts. Now, what most of you are asking, is all this tax haven lynch? Is it kosher? Is it halal? Well, having a bank account off ends, so for those who don't know, that's colloquialism for not where you reside. So having a bank account in a foreign country is not illegal. Like You can have it for a multitude of reasons. One of the reasons could be, indeed, for tax benefits. One of the reasons could be you just simply want privacy. Let's say, for example, you don't want your wife to know how much dough you got. Man, then take note. I might have to open a, a young trust account in Andorra or Liechtenstein if you want to keep it local. Or just for international connections with different entities offshore. So if you do business, let's say you do business in the Caribbean, it might make sense for you to have a bank account in, let's say, the Bahamas so you can work in those jurisdictions a bit more efficiently. And make savings on, let's say, um, what's the word I'm looking for? On currency. The issue is that offshore accounts have a super high level of privacy around. Like in these nations, as I said before, they don't have to release information to nobody, more often than not. So, the reporting of assets, which we have here, is in a, in a tax haven, is actually up to the account holder themselves to volunteer information on the amount of assets that they own, etc. So if you're not volunteering the correct amount of information, you are you can easily scut on tax. And tax evasion in the US is described as a friendly, in the in the UK it's described as a as illegal. But tax avoidance is not. And that's one of the most tricky things in the differential between tax avoidance and tax evasion. The difference is tax avoidance is legitimately so actually is legal to minimize taxes using methods that have been approved by whatever the government body the authorities are of your nation. So if it's the UK that'll be HMRC, if it's the US that'll be the IRS. Like some examples of tax avoidance are like taking legitimate tax deductions to to minimize business expenses and thus lower your tax bill, which Many of us, well, people who contract, they set their own um, limited company and they have certain business expenses which reduce their tax bill, like I've been doing it before. 
tax deferral plans, taking tax credits. Like if you work, like um, giving to money to charity is a way to get tax credits. So those are examples of measures you can take to avoid tax. On the flip side, tax evasion is the illegal practice of not paying taxes, whether it's by not paying taxes that you owe, not reporting your income, or reporting expenses not legally allowed. So, remember before I, I suggested that, no, I mentioned how if you have money in one of these offshore accounts and tax haven, the reporting of assets is on you. If you don't report assets, you don't know. So, no, so that is essentially evading tax because you're not reporting, if you don't do it, or accurately, you're not reporting your assets, so you're evading tax. I'll give you another example of, um, in terms of report expenses not legally allowed, that can be deemed as tax evasion. So some of us, as I said, contracts. So if you're contracting and on some of your business expenses, you're saying, yeah, I was out for a client meal. But really, you took your girl out, to, you took your girl to, um, I don't even know, to Gauchos, and you didn't send a client. That's not a business expense, it's a personal expense, but you've passed it off as a business expense. Or saying, yeah, yeah, I'm buying, or this is my um, this is my phone bill for work, but really just your your standard line. So how this is availing taxes, when you pay corporation tax, that's a tax on profit. And profit is calculated by, you have your revenues, so all the money you make, and then you minus it from your expenses, all the money that you have paid incurred in costs. So... How people can evade taxes that stuff that they will use their money for, their profit or their income for anyway. So that's like regular stuff like your rent, your bills, your food. If you in, if you incorporate that into your costs, not only are you reducing your profits, so you pay less tax, you already cover that cost anyway. So the money you have left over for your profit you don't even have to use it for your regular costs. So you're making more money at the same time you're skirting on tax. So that's a difference between tax evasion and tax avoidance. And even in the terminology, avoidance is like, oh, there's traffic there. I'm going to kind of swerve out the way. Evasions kind of gives the impression of more wrongdoing, like more sneakiness. So, yeah, in a nutshell, that's the difference between tax avoidance and tax evasion. So, now you should be intermediate experts in the realms of tax havens, tax avoidance, tax evasion. Hopefully those are listening to will have enough money that where this could be a viable option. We have to weigh up the pros and cons and of course you stay in line with the law. But thank you for listening. Please if you enjoy my podcast or have any comments, positive or negative, drop a drop a young tweet and do the hashtag dysonomics. I'm tired of searching my hashtag and it's just me. Like, come on, respect me, please. Don't make me look like a loser. Use the hashtag as well. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe. Just click on the subscribe button. Search Dysonomics, click subscribe. Give me a quick review. Or just give me five stars. Just scroll to the bottom. If you, all you have to do is type in Dysonomics on Apple Podcasts or iTunes on your computer. And then type in Dysonomics. It comes up. You click on my podcast. You scroll to the bottom. Click five stars. Boom. Everybody wins. If you're listening on SoundCloud, please just click the repost button so somebody else might see it and be able to gain information and be a fan. Or just click follow so the, so the content comes straight to you. Also, my Twitter account that got infiltrated by the Russians 
is not going to come back, which is very annoying. But I've made a new Twitter account at DCNomics. But the first I, so in between a D and S, the second character is a one instead. So hit me up with any anything you want to say, good feedback, bad feedback, or random tweets. Just follow me. I'll be posting regular financial information, whether it be economic related or personal finance. And yeah, thanks for listening. God bless. Sports Social Podcast Network.